Hey, everybody. We have a really special episode today. We're going to be going through some of the highlights of the episode so far. We have a huge announcement to make on the last 10% concerning Think, Move, Thrive, and I'm going to be sharing a personal story that I haven't shared in public. Told some friends, but never in public. Definitely not on the air. You don't want to miss this episode. Welcome to The Last 10%. Your host, Dallas Burnett, dives into incredible conversations that will inspire you to finish well and finish strong. Listen as guests share their journeys and valuable advice on living in the last 10%. If you are a leader, a coach, a business owner, or someone looking to level up, you are in the right place. Remember, you can give 90% effort and make it a long way, but it's finding out how to unlock the last 10% that makes all the difference in your life, your relationships, and your work. Now, here's Dallas. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Dallas Burnett. I am in Thrive Studios, sitting in my 1905 Cook Brothers Barber Chair. And more importantly, I'm introducing a special guest today, myself. Yes, it is a special episode that I wanted to just share with all the listeners of The Last 10%. I've been waiting to do this for a while. Haven't carried an episode by myself. We've always had guests on, and I just wanted to take a minute to talk through some things because I know it's important to our listeners, and I just wanted to take some time and unpack some of really important messages that I've been wanting to share the entire time we've been on the air, and I said, hey, there's no better time to do this. Now, this doesn't mean we're changing our format. We've had some incredible guests the whole time we've been doing this, and we've already got some really cool guests lined up. I'm so excited to be producing these podcasts because it is we've got some really amazing stories coming. But I wanted to take this episode just to talk through some stuff. Number one, why did we create the last 10%? Why are we doing this? And how do we use it? How, as I think Move Thrive, how do we hope that you would use the last 10%? Number one, we want the last 10% to be really accessible and relevant content. So there's a lot of people that listen to the last 10%, a lot of different industries. We want to be relevant as it relates to coaching, as it relates to leadership, as it relates to development. And we really want to put out interesting stories because everyone loves a good story and we relate to people in some of the stories that we hear. And I think we've done a really good job of that. I think back just on the last few episodes and I'm thinking in the Tyran story in the, in the Caribbean where he's had the tragic accident and his quote on resiliency and it's not putting back together what you had, but it's reshaping what's left. I mean, that's just a gut-wrenching story. When we talk about Dallas Glass and he's climbing Mount Everest and he's guiding and the night ice waterfalls and all the stuff that he has to figure out his way through. It's just incredible stories, but we're pulling out nuggets on each of those stories of things and mindsets and techniques and things that we can use, hopefully, in our own daily walk, and our own daily work. And that's the last point. We want usable content. So it's just not accessible content and relevant. We want to have produced content with the last 10% that you can use. Now, how do you use podcast content? Great question. So glad you asked. I was just talking to a banker the other day who is a listener of The Last 10%. 
And he shared with me, hadn't seen him in a long time. And he, he stopped me and said, Hey, look, I just want to tell you this. I was listening to an episode the other day and it was actually Dr. Mo. And uh, Dr. Mo was talking about self-talk. And he said, I have an employee that s- struggles with this. And we've had conversations about this. And I, when I heard the episode, I was like, man, this is my team member. She could really use this. There's some great content in this. So he shared that episode with her. And that is a great example of how we would hope as a leader, if you're a leader listening to The Last 10%, that you would use this podcast. Obviously, we want you to take it in and we want you to digest and marinate in the wonderful goodness of all the stories and all the great content that we produce. But at the same time, we want you to feel the desire to share this with your team members And if you hear something that just resonates with you, then don't be afraid to push it out there and say, hey, check this out. That's the kind of content we want to produce. We want to produce content that's got great storylines and also is usable that you can share. So if you're coaching a team member, if you're leading a team member, or if you have a boss that you feel like could benefit from the content or a manager that you could benefit from the content, share it because we want to generate that for everybody so that we can help move the needle in your team's performance, in your personal performance, mindsets, and that, those sorts of things. So then that's how we use The Last 10% and why we created it. So we really want it to be an actionable podcast. So you'll hear me as we go through these episodes. I'm trying to pull out some of the action items because we don't want to get those. We don't want to lose those pieces in the stories that we tell. But when I'm thinking back on the episodes, some of the, my favorite quotes, quotable quotes. So we had Chili was the ultramarathon runner. and He made a comment that emotions make terrible leaders. I thought that was fantastic insight. I love Dr. Mo and the sports psychologist that was a golf coach. And he talked a lot about self-talk, but one of the things that he said also beyond self-talk was, you know, if you're doing something, you've got a a job, you've probably got three things that you know that really to be successful at whatever job you're doing, you've got to do with excellence, world-class, if you want to be successful at just three things. And I thought that was so true. And so if you're going through a situation and you're leading a team, what are the things that you need to be doing with excellence to lead that team well? Dallas Glass, ooh, leading through your team. Speaking of teams, I thought the comment of him leaving base camp and spending about 15 minutes to 20 minutes with each team member as they climbed the next base camp was gold. That was just the best word picture of how he described leading through your team. And so those are some things that just stood out with me, along with lots of other stories that we've had. We've had some great guests on. We want to also talk about a big announcement. And I don't know, I want to present this well. I wanted to take some things that I've learned and we have learned at Think Move Thrive as we've been creating content over the last two or three years. And as we've been creating these leadership, experiential leadership retreats or summits or boot camps. I've been able to interact with a lot of different people in these environments and see how they digest content. One of the things that I did in 2018 was came out with the book Move. And if you love leadership books, and if you're like me, I love reading hardbacks. I'm old school. I don't do the Kindle, so don't be hating on me if you like Kindle. I'm not hating on Kindle. It's just me personally. I like a good hardback book. I wrote Move for uh, leaders and coaches and individuals mainly that was were either going through some type of transition or coaching teams or people going through some type of transition and needed some 
language that they could wrap around that. So it's definitely a leadership and coaching book, but it is more for people who love leadership and coaching books. And so if that is something that lights your fire, then you should get it. And we'll put it in the show notes in case you didn't know that we had a book out. But after that, and we've talked and we've put together all kinds of retreats. What I realized was at a lot of these retreats, there's some people that like reading leadership books and other people that don't. They may be more fictional readers and or they may not read. They may listen to audiobooks or podcasts. They just There's a lot of different ways that people are digesting content now. And another thing that I've learned is that some of the books that were on my bookshelf that I had bought long ago that I have a lot of respect for, they're so long or there's so much good information in those books that people would not finish them or would feel intimidated by them. And so what we have done and what we're doing is we are creating and we'll be publishing a new book at the end of this year or the first of 2023. So we haven't set the release date yet. I've not put it out anywhere on any social media. I've not put it out on the website or anything. You've heard it here first, but we do have a book that is set to be released at the end of this year. I'm not even going to share the name of it yet, but we'll be sharing more information in the coming weeks, and we're really excited about it. It's a great story, but it's all about how you create culture and lead teams and people. I am super pumped about it. Spent a lot of effort and time on it and and still going through all the process and getting all the details finalized for the release, but we're so excited about that. So stay tuned because we'll be coming out with that. Secondly, another announcement that's just as big is that we have just come out with what uh, we're calling a self-awareness guided journal. Now, we haven't put it on the website yet. We just got the first shipment in. It's a limited supply right now, and so we're going to be putting some up on the website for sale soon and or Amazon. We may put some on Amazon. We don't know yet. We're going to make that decision in the next few weeks, and so you should in the next couple of weeks see those come out. So I want to talk to the listeners of The Last 10% and just share some of my stories and periodically I want to share some stories that relate to leadership, relate to growth, mindset, coaching, and just pull back the curtain a little bit and share some personal stories that I've experienced and lessons that I've learned as well, because I want to bring in all kinds of guests so that we get just this diverse experience and diverse perspectives and mindsets, but also want to share some from my side and perspective as well. So when I was in college... I worked at a retreat center on the East Coast, and the retreat center had youth groups that would come in all summer long, and this retreat center was started for underprivileged kids. They had orphanages and children's homes that would come down, and these kids would be able to come to the ocean, and they've never seen the ocean for the first time, and it is a magical experience to be able to see a kid's excitement that they may be a teenager, and they've never seen the ocean. For the first time and to be able to experience that with them and have fun with them and just just show them that you care and you're so excited that you could be in that moment just a really special opportunity now i lived in an apartment on this retreat center with 12 other college dudes so it wasn't the best smelling apartment and it wasn't the cleanest place 
but it was one row off the beach. And so you cannot beat that for a summer job. That was spectacular. We got paid peanuts, but we got a lot of free spaghetti and hot dogs from the group. So by the time the summer was over, I was so sick and tired of eating spaghetti and hot dogs, but it was a really good experience. Now, one day while I was off, I decided I was going to go out and do what I did in most days that I was off, which was go and either sit and read on the beach or go and get in the water and ride the waves. And so I'd walked out to the beach and one of the groups were out at the beach. In fact, they were just getting out. They had some teenagers and young kids in the water with the chaperones and they were all coming out of the ocean. And as they were coming out, they were drying off and they had this other game set up on the sand and they knew me because I was working with them that week and was on the staff. And so they came and some of the leaders said, Hey, would you do us a favor? Are you going out to the ocean? I said, sure. They said, there's this one young lady. She's 10 or 11 years old. She just didn't come in with everybody else. Can you just go out there? Can you go tell her to come in? Cause we're about to play this game. We don't want her hanging out in the ocean and miss this fun of this new game. I said, sure, absolutely. I'll go tell her. And so I started walking out into the ocean and immediately when I hit the ocean and when you spend a lot of time on the ocean, you just kind of get to know the currents and what it feels like. And when I hit the ocean, I could automatically feel like this is a tremendous undertow. It wasn't a riptide, but it was definitely a very strong current in the ocean, very atypical for the day. And it was very choppy water. It was a little breezy, which made it hard to hear because there all the winds blowing and there's the water's real choppy. And so I start making it out. And about the time I got not quite waist deep in the water, I realized this young lady was not doing very well. She was actually not trying to stay out in the water. She was trying to get out of the water and was having a hard time. And I could tell she was struggling to, to swim. She was trying. She, was, she started saying help, but she was not loud enough to overcome all the ocean sounds. And it was the tide was further out, so the, the youth group was up at the beach. And so I just sped up my approach quite dramatically when I noticed this. Can you go into life, lifeguard mode? I was not a lifeguard at the beach. There was actually no lifeguards on this particular beach in that year. I was a lifeguard at the pool, and so I was like, it's time to go. And I took off. I had no life raft or anything like that. It's just, you know, me going to get this young lady. And so I swim out. And I get to her, and she's just flailing at this time. It's like on a TV. She's not doing wood. She's sucking in water. And so the first thing I do is try to calm her down. And I just said, lean on me. And I put my arm under her arms and started to swim back. But what I failed to realize was how strong the current was and how much it was pushing out and that we were really behind the breakers. So there was no forward push for us. And so I was had one hand because she was not listening. She's panicking. She's still panicking. She's flailing. Even though I've got her, she feels like she's got to keep kicking and trying to help out. And I was just like, hey, look, just give it a break because it's harder for me to hold you while you're kicking and squirming to get you back than it is if you just remain calm. And so we kept struggling against the water and really against each other. And finally, she calmed down, but I was getting more and more tired every, just every few seconds, because I'm pushing with everything I've got, and I'm not making any progress. Now, we're out at this time. We've actually moved backwards. We're out in water. I can't touch the ground. It's over my head, and we're just swimming. Now, 
I had been trained as a lifeguard at the retreat center and at the beach. You know about rip rip currents, and the biggest thing with rip current is you just let it take you out. It pushes you down the beach, and then as it lightens up, you just come on ashore. Now, I knew that this wasn't a rip tide or rip current, but it was really close. And it was choppy enough and windy enough where we were not going to, I was not definitely with a young lady on under one of my arms that was kicking and flailing, going to pull her in against this current. But despite the training and the knowledge that I had on how to better handle the situation, it'd been better just to lay on our backs and just take it easy and just float down the beach a little bit and come in. I was 19 and she was in trouble, and the shore was just so close. It was just so close. Like, I could see it. It was right there. And I'll never forget it because everybody was engrossed in the game on the beach, and I could see them. The wind was going. The waves were crashing. They could not hear me. I couldn't even hardly get a breath to yell. They couldn't hear her. And I'm like, this is it. We're going to drown because I'm not going to let go of her. We're going to drown right in front of all these people. They're not even going to know it. And so it was a really sober thought that washed over me as a 19-year-old. And I remember just feeling completely exhausted. And I was, I was, you're just going through like, all right, what's my options here? And about that time, there was these three massive waves that came and they broke way behind where the waves had been breaking. And they want, the first one caught me really bad off guard. And so we both just ate the water and I was like, Oh my gosh, what in the world? It can't get any worse. But what I realized was it moved us just a few feet forward. And so then I was like, I saw another one kind of out in my peripheral coming. I was like, okay, look, this is our chance. So I started just swimming as hard as I could one last push to try to get it. And it moved us a little bit more. And then the last of the three, I just dropped down and I went underwater and just tried to just throw her forward to try to see if she could catch the wave. And so I went underwater and just threw her with the wave and it worked and she made it just a few more feet. And I was able to come back up now that I didn't have her on my back. She's still sputtering and swimming, but she's still at least a little bit closer. When I got to swim towards her, I could get my footing again. And, uh, and then we were able to make our way into the shore still took us a while to get in and we hit the beach and here she goes and runs up to the the group of her friends and counselors like nothing's happened and i'm like on my knees in the surf just i was just done i was so shaken up i was exhausted and i just felt so inadequate in that moment i had felt i just there was but i was so thankful and grateful that we were alive that we didn't drown right there and that i could just see it now 19 year old lifeguard drowned saving young woman on the east coast it's are you kidding me but it was a really interesting experience and for me it showed me the the value of coaching and the value of mentorship and the value of growth and development because it was very clear that there was a gap that needed to be traversed for me and that young lady. And there was only so much that I could do. 
I needed some help. Now, in that moment, I felt it was a, the hand of providence that really boosted me up on that one because I had no inner, I had no ability to overcome the, the environment that I was in on my own strength. And so I needed some help. And the girl needed some help. She couldn't have, she couldn't have made it with those three waves. She was already sputtering before I got out there. And so what I did for her was I went out and found her where she was and took it upon myself to be responsible to close that, help her close that gap. She had to do some work. She had taken on some water, but we were going to go and we were going to, we were going to close that gap together. And I think Move Thrive, that is exactly what we see and what we would say a coach is. And we like defining coaches more broadly. Like we say leader coach. If you are leading people, it doesn't matter if you're leading people on a team. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner leading an organization. If you're a mom or a dad leading your kids, you are closing gaps constantly, which makes you not only a leader, but it also makes you a coach. Coaches close gaps and they help others close gaps. And when we talk about gaps, let's talk about that because gaps for me, when I'm in, out in the water and I'm looking across this ocean, this, all the white foam and all the waves breaking, I'm just seeing, it's just a lot of tension because I, I, it's not right. I should, we shouldn't be here right now. We're in this awkward space. I feel very uncomfortable. I've got this girl, she's going berserko trying to paddle and she's not doing too good of a job. And so this is just this tension. And a gap is also the, just the distance between where you are and where you want to be, where you are to where you want to be. And so I knew the right thing to do. I knew the right thing was to not work so hard, not have to struggle and let the tide just take us down a little bit more and then we could get closer to shore and come out. But knowing wasn't doing. Knowing wasn't doing. So my gap was the knowing doing gap. Her gap was a physical gap. She just couldn't, she wasn't a very good swimmer. She got in a bad spot and she was off the shore too far. So the, her gap was that. My gap was, I was a good swimmer. I could have easily swam out there and swam back, but not with her on my back. And so it was a knowing doing gap. I knew what to do and I wasn't doing it. Now there's four gaps that we talk about in the book Move. There's a gap in awareness. There's a gap in knowledge, a gap in capability and a gap in courage. Now there's lots of other gaps. And a gap is just the space between where you are and where you want to be. These are just four big ones that we pulled out to go through in Move to talk about what gaps are and how they manifest themselves in life. Now, gap in awareness for me, a gap in awareness in leadership is it's really hard to traverse as a leader. Increasing your self-awareness is a difficult task. It's very difficult because you're having to get outside of yourself and then look at yourself and say, hey, what do I not know? By definition, you, you, if you lack that awareness, you can't see it because it's yourself and you are, it's just, it's a loop. So you need some help on that. Number one, that's where an executive coach can help you a lot. We think that at Think Move Thrive, we think that self-awareness, honestly, is a cornerstone of leadership. If you are a leader, you should be doing things that would help increase your self-awareness because that will absolutely make you a better leader. Take an assessment. That's a huge thing. We love the Enneagram, but there's lots of great assessments. DISC and Myers-Briggs and Standout and StrengthsFinder and all these great assessments. Find one or two or five or ten. I've taken them almost, goodness gracious, I don't even know how many I've taken. But it's great because they each have their own 
their own kind of frame, their own perspective of how they look at you. And as you go through that and as you take those, it'll give you some great insights. So please take an assessment or two or 10 and also take some time to reflect. If you're leadership, you've got a gap in awareness. One of the things that you need to be doing is reflecting. Just spend just a few minutes reflecting on some valuable questions. We have the one-on-one app, and part of that app is helping people that are getting coached have just 10 minutes to answer some really, really insightful questions. And if they can spend that 10 minutes, we've had some crazy stories about what's happened when people take just a few minutes to reflect on some really great questions. Also, if you are not being coached and you don't have the app or not going through the coaching system and you haven't taken it, or maybe you've already taken some assessments. That's another reason we did the guided journal. The self-awareness guided journal specifically was just to help people. If you have some time in the morning and you have some moments before you go to work, a quiet time, quiet space, it's a great, it's a great opportunity for you to get out that self-awareness guided journal, ask a few great questions, think through them, reflect on them, write down and journal some, about it and and increase your awareness. Gap in knowledge, gap in capability, these are pretty self-explanatory. We can overcome those by going and getting more information or delegating to someone who has more information, but those are pretty, pretty straightforward. I think that a gap in courage too, when you're in a leadership position, there's been so many times I've come into an organization and the right decision is so obvious. It is so obvious. I was actually talking to a turnaround expert, a CEO in Atlanta years ago, and I was interviewing him for my MBA. And I was like, hey, tell me your biggest thing that you like when you go into these massive companies and you're turning them around, what do you do first? Because this is like this hundred million dollar company that's just gone bankrupt and they have, they're out of money. What do you do? Because you're the guy they hired to bring in and turn it around. What do you do? And he looked at me and said, well, there's one thing I do always before I do anything else. I was like, what is that? He said, I go into these companies and I find the pet project. I said, what does that even mean? What are you talking about? He said, the CEO that left was fired. Usually when the company is just completely bankrupt in that situation, you have a CEO that comes in and he has a pet project and he started something and it's just bleeding out in the company. It's just costing tons of money. It's generating nothing, but he can't or she can't let it go. They can't get past it because if they do, it might look bad on them. They might they might be seen as a failure in that They and or they just love it. They love that whatever it is. And he goes, so the first thing I do is I go in, find the pet project and I kill it and I get it out. And it's and I said, how do you know how to find that? He goes, oh, it's obvious. I'm like, it's obvious to you when you walk in and it's not obvious to them. He goes, no, they don't want to get rid of it. And so there's a piece to that. There's a gap in courage. It might be, it might be stepping out and having a critical conversation with one of your team members. It might be having to have a crucial conversation that you got to let somebody go that just doesn't fit the culture, especially if you've coached them and they're just not responding. And, and And as a leader, you've got to have the courage to do that. And some of the things that we've done and been a part of over the years has just been helping empower leaders to take courage to do great things, whether that's start a new innovative line and launch a new product, or whether that's to go into a team and say, look, this person is toxic. They've been toxic. Everybody knows they're toxic. They haven't changed. You've given them multiple opportunities. It's time to have courage to let them go and close that gap in courage. So that's just four things I wanted to lay out as it relates to gaps that are in the book move. 
So if you if those are if that's some topics you like, we'll be covering some more information out of Move. But I want to periodically have a coach's corner and talk through that. And just wanted to take some time today to share what's going on this past summer when we've gone through all the episodes that we've done. We just started in March, and it has been incredible. The listenership of Think Move Thrive and the last ten percent. I mean, I am blown away. It was like in July, and we had a ton of people all over the world start listening to the podcast. I was not expecting that. And it came fairly quickly. And so we continue to gain new listeners every single episode, every single episode. And so we're really excited about this fall. We've got some cool episodes planned. We've got some cool guests coming and we're just pumped. So we'd love for you guys to continue. If you listen to the last 10%, please like us, please subscribe and please help us get the word out. If you hear something that resonates with you or think will resonate with somebody else, share it. Thank you again for your support. Thank you for taking time to listen. Thank you for comments and thank you for the feedback that we've been getting. It's just been awesome. I love sharing this content. I love interviewing all these great people. And also, if, and I haven't done this before, if you listen to an episode or two of the last 10%, we always end the show asking the guest who they would like to hear on the last 10%. And we're looking forward to going back and getting some of these requests and start to have some of these guests on. But if you would like to make a request on someone you would like to hear on the last 10%, go to thinkmovethrive.com. That's thinkmovethrive.com. And you can contact us. Use the website and contact us and let us know. And just in the subject line, put guest for the last 10 and that will help us. And if you have someone that you'd like to hear, share it with us because we'd like to go and reach out and get a lot of interesting people on. But thank you again for all your time and support and energy. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for sharing it with your team. And hopefully you've gotten a lot out of it and look forward to, uh, to finishing well and finishing strong. Thanks for joining us today on The Last 10%. We hope you found today's content engaging and encouraging. Remember to subscribe to the podcast to hear the latest episodes and help us out by rating and reviewing us so others will join our community. We release new episodes every other Tuesday. This podcast can be found globally in any podcasting app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. Subscribe today. Plus, visit our website, join our email list, and discover resources and info for your business and team at thinkmovethrive.com. Thanks again for listening to The Last 10%.